Hello everybody and welcome to episode 59 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. In today's episode we discuss the backhand serve, blocking a loop that has hit the net, why some people's topspin dip really fast and John's problem gluing a sheet of rubber on his back. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeffrey. Morning. How are you? Uh, going well this morning. Excellent. Yeah. I'm a little bit tired, Alois. I was up last night watching the 2020 cricket. And okay. let me tell you, here on the show, I'm going to make a big prediction. Test cricket is dead in 25 years. It will no longer be played. T20 is going to become the main cricket. I tell you, my two sons, one of them loves cricket, the other one not so much, but they both must prefer watching T20. It'll get a wider audience. My son that doesn't like cricket so much will not watch test cricket, finds it really boring, but doesn't mind T20. It is the way of the future. Well, we'll we will be keeping this tape and checking on you in 25 years, Jeffrey. Excellent. And so while watching the Cricket Alloys, I was there trying to learn the Ortega method of solving the 2x2 two two Rubik's Cube. Very interesting. The Ortega method. Mm. Yes, the Ortega method. Got fewer steps and so it helps you solve it quicker than just the beginner's layer-by-layer layer method. Is that like the Zhangzi curve um, reverse pendulum? Uh, not quite that good. For that, you need different methods. You need like an EG one. It's even more complicated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Let's get on with the show, Alois. Good idea. So yesterday's Pink Seals question of the day was, who will be number one in the men's and women's at the end of 2015? All right. Well, yeah, interesting question because... Uh, I reckon, well, the, the women's, I think, Ding Ning, probably, you know, she seems to be pretty strong, pretty dominant, um, but, you know, there's there's a couple, two or three of the Chinese women, I think it will be a Chinese player, that's that's a definite. Um, yeah. In the men's, I reckon things aren't going to change a whole lot. The one that I see moving up will be Fan Zendong, um, but will he be able to catch the other guys? I think that Zhu Xin will still be number one at the end of the year. Mm, interesting. All right. Well, we'll check this tape in a year and see if you're right. <laughs> I agree exactly. with you about the Chinese players. I think they are certainly going to be number one, one of the Chinese players in both the men's and the women's. Um, I'm going to go with Ding Ning. I've always liked Ding Ning in the women's to, stay, to you know, be number one at the end of 2015. And for the men, I reckon Fan Zedong is going to make it to number one. I reckon he's good enough. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, I was just having a look. So in February of 2014, so about a year ago, the rankings were Marlon, one, Zuzin, two, Zhangzi Ker, three, Fan Zedong, four. Not wow. a lot of things. Zhu Zin's now number one. You know, Fan Zendong's gone up to three. Ma Long's not playing much anymore. Um, yeah, things just don't change that quickly in the game, but we'll see. We certainly will. All right, so that moves us on to the Ping Skillers question of today, which is, what is your favourite activity apart from table tenants? So, and, um, and I think we might have had a clue from you today already, Jeffrey. Yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of sort of 
fleeting activity. So, you know, it may not last that long, the Rubik's Cube session, you know. Sometimes I like magic card tricks. Sometimes Rubik's Cube's always something different, Alois. Yes, yes. We'll discuss we ours in tomorrow's show. <laughs> but all you things, Hillers, leave a note. Let us know what your uh, favourite activity is besides table tennis. All right. Um, so um, Brock's just jumped on with the uh, Google Q&A app and asked a few questions, Alois. So we'll just run through some of those. So um, Brock says, hey, Pink Skills. What is the best sort of bat and rubber you can buy? Um, it's obviously a pin skills bat. No. Um, <laughs> it, the, the thing is with the bat that you've got to get a bat that's um, right for your level. So um, at, the, at the beginner level, you know, just a slower, so, slower blade with um, a slower rubber so you can uh, control the ball better. Um, just make sure that it's got some sponge underneath, make sure it's got a reasonably grippy surface on it, um, even at the at the starter level. The next level, um, we need to start to think about just a, a slightly faster blade and a slightly faster rubber. But Brock, there are so many options out there. It's impossible to you know nominate a thing. Um, we like Mark V rubber, for example. Um, there's Shriver rubber, there's a whole lot of other rubbers as well that are suitable for you know different levels. So yeah, uh, certainly one bat. Exactly, and so you know if you find a bat that you like and a rubber that you like, just use it. If you're really confused about what choice to make, we've just picked some that we know are good. And like Alice said, they're by no means the only ones, but we know they're good. And you can find them on our website, thinkskills.com, and go to the the online store there, and you can see the ones that we've recommended. All right. Um, the next question from Brock is, uh, which training camp did you guys join before you started making Ping Skills videos? Um, yeah, so I trained a lot um, just with the state and then national academies and squads and things like that. So that's what I uh, was doing when I was playing. Um, uh, yeah, and they they're quite they were quite um, separate to uh, to starting up Ping Skills. So uh, Ping Skills was more for our, us to be able to um, spread the, the coaching um, around the world. But, yeah, training was completely different. Yeah, excellent. All right. You train? Um, know yeah, where so, you so I grew up in Canberra, so I first started training with the ACT Table Tennis uh, Association. And, um, yeah, then I just went in competitions. And as I got better, I, I joined the national squad, which was down in Melbourne at the time, and then that's why I moved to Melbourne and then yeah, trained with that national squad, which was, you know, really fantastic experience. All righty. So the next question is from John Alloys, who's having trouble with uh, gluing rubber on his bat. He says, I put a second coat of sealer on the blade, and then when I used the free jack, the glue was drying as fast as I spread it. It clumped up. I scraped the glue and tried putting more this time. And when I put the rubber on the blade, the rubber is peeling off. Yeah, um, that's it is a problem with some sealers. So a sealer is just like what something you put on the the blade, um, on the wood underneath the rubber. There, um, it was used a lot when uh, players were using fast glue because you, you were taking the rubber off and putting it on quite often, um, and the sealer was just helping to um, not. Uh, chip the, the wood as you took the rubber off and, and put it back on again. Um, nowadays, I don't think sealers are really 
that useful at all uh, because we don't change the rubber that often. The problem you've got there is that because you would put a sealer on it, it just hasn't got much grip on it. It's a very it can be quite hard, and so it's difficult for the rubber to stick to that and for the glue to um, to absorb into that to, to help it stick as well. So um, if you do have that situation, probably just get a little bit of sandpaper or grip paper and just um, uh, rough up the, the surface a bit, um, give it a good clean, um, and that might help the uh, the glue to, to, uh, to stick. So yeah, give that a try. Yeah, now I noticed uh, John was saying he was trying to, uh, as he was putting the glue, it was drying as fast as he could put it on. Um, but I think generally you want the glue to dry first because if you put it on wet, it does move around a bit. Is that is that your experience, Alice? Yeah, I, I think I think what was happening with uh, John was that the because um, the glue wasn't actually drying; it was just clumping. It was um, it was almost uh, like you know water on a on a windscreen. It um, yeah, it clumps together. Um, because it's just it hasn't got anywhere to go. So um, yes, I think that was probably what was happening. All right. Well, hopefully that tip there with the sandpaper might help you out. I guess you've got to be careful about how you do it with a light sandpaper. But um, give that a try and see if it helps you out, John. All right. The next question is from uh, Manuel, who says, "I'm a right-hander, and I do a backhand serve from the left side of the table with my left foot." further away from the table. I don't know if the ball is coming short. I stand parallel to the table and kind of fall over. I can't figure out the problem. Yeah, okay, so Manuel, um, the, so what Manuel's doing is he's um, right-hander and he's starting with his serve, so he's turned a bit um, that way when he's serving, um, which, is, which is okay as long as you follow through and come back to the straight position again, which he's doing. The issue is if the ball's short, if you just reach forward with your bat, um, you're not going to be in a good position to hit it. So you have to go in with your right foot, step right in with your right foot so that you're getting close to the ball for that short, uh, yeah, close to the ball and close to the net for that short ball um, on the forehand side. If you stand, so you've served, you're standing square on, and then try to reach for that um, short ball on the forehand, you will have problems that will be difficult to control. So yeah, make sure you're moving in. Get your right foot to go in right under the table and close to the, the bounce area of the ball. Okay, excellent. So what's a good way to practice that? Is it just a matter of actually practicing some short pushing, moving in and out? Or should you actually practice it like with a serve and then get someone to push it short and move in? Yeah, ideally practice it with the serve because that's the, the pattern that you want to re, uh, to learn and to remember. So um, you can just do it by doing short pushing um, with multi-ball. So, you know, get someone to push one short and one long even so that you move out and then move in. Um, but if you can practice it with a serve, so you can get a whole box of balls, sit it next to you, serve, get them to push it short to your forehand, move in and make the push, and then grab another ball and do the same thing again. So just do serve, short push, serve, short push. Um, and then as a variation, if you start to get the, the feel of that movement, then get your training partner to either push it short to the forehand or push it long to the forehand so that you're not um, moving straight in, you're serving, you're watching where the ball's going, and then you move in for the short ball, or you stay there and play 
your forehand top spin off the long ball. So that's that's a really good drill that you can do. Okay, great advice there. Um, hopefully that helps you out, Manuel. Give those a try. Okay, the next question is from Long, who says, after they blocked my loop, it touched the top of the net, and when I touched it, because it has lots of topspin, it went out. What should I do when the ball has topspin, or even backspin or sidespin, and touches the net and bounces on my table? Yeah, so the um, the effect of the ball touching the net, it basically slows the ball down. So it feels like there's more topspin or more spin on it uh, because of that, because it hasn't got as much um, uh, momentum. So when the ball's really slow and spinny, it will tend to kick up a little bit more off your bat. If it's faster and spinny, it'll bounce out of your bat that way more. So if it's slow and got the same amount of spin, it'll go up that way. If it's faster, it'll come out that way. So, so that you just have to adjust to that, and it can be a really difficult ball to adjust to. And, and most of the time, when someone plays a topspin ball that touches the net and bounces on, you'll find that the blocker will hit the ball off the end of the table. Um, it's just an adjustment that you need to make, and it's an adjustment that you start to learn um, the more times you can do it. So, you know, the next time that a guy gets a net against you, you know, practice it. Thank them. Say, beauty, another chance to practice getting that net ball back. Yes, another chance to practice. I like it. So, yeah, a couple of things that Alice. I guess um, the, when the ball touches the net, it puts you... Well, the ball doesn't follow the normal trajectory it was going to, so it's hard to get into good position in the first place. Um, the other point, I guess, is it's hard to practice that because you can't just get someone to keep hitting the net for you. And then, thirdly, I think we mentioned this in a previous show, one of the best shots you've ever seen was after the ball has hit the net. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was uh, the World Team uh, Championship final um, uh, when when um, Wang Hao was playing uh, Timo Boll and uh, yeah, Boll hit a hit a ball that touched the net and uh, he was able to stop his shot, you know, adjust and make a, a counter topspin. So uh, yeah, it was one of the best shots I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, you're right. Being able to adjust, being able to adjust to to that um, to that ball, you know, with your body position can be really difficult as well, and that will uh, contribute to you um, not being able to control the ball as well. Okay, excellent. All right, thanks for the question, Long. Now, Whaley has a question for us, Alois, and Whaley says, "I noticed while playing against someone, their topspin or their drive would sometimes sink." Is this behaviour dependent on the intensity of spin or power? I usually see this done with top spin, but can this be done with other spins? Yeah, so it's um, it's well, it's about learning the the flight of the ball. So top spin is the spin that will really make the ball dip down. So with top spin, the ball instead of taking that sort of path will dip very quickly down that way. So rather than that, it'll be that. With backspin, you'll find the ball will hold up a little bit longer um, before it drops onto the table or drops down. So, yeah, so the, that um, that sinking happens when there's a lot of top spin on the ball. The ball um, spins and drags itself down. I'm sure um, some physicists can physicists can explain that uh, to us a little bit better. Yes, um, but it is consistent, isn't it? So the top spin will dip. The backspin will actually 
float the other way, and certain side spins will curve. So it's kind of easy to, uh, well, not easy, but you, you can get used to learning it and seeing how the ball curves, and it sort of becomes natural to you how the ball will react after someone hits it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a mystery that uh, what's going to happen. Um, again, it's physics. So you know, if they if they put a certain amount of topspin on the ball, the ball will behave in that pattern. And the other good thing is that we play an indoor sport, so it's not really affected by a lot of other things. You know, like in tennis with the wind and all that sort of stuff. Um, so in table tennis, the ball is very predictable in what it does. So. If they hit it with topspin, it's going to do that. If they hit it with backspin, it's going to do that. But as you said, Jeff, it's just a matter of um, learning those patterns um, and what what the flight of the ball is actually going to be. All right. Well, hopefully um, that helps you out, Whaley, and you can learn those patterns and uh, even implement them yourself. Um, yes, thanks for the question. All right, allies, that wraps up another show. Uh, thank you, Ping Skillers, for watching, and thanks for all your questions. Um, make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com. Uh, sign up for our free newsletter if you haven't. Lots of free tips. And um, Alice, we've got one more quick question from Brock. He says, if I want to block a spin, should I do it slow or fast? Um, yeah, so initially block, uh, Brock, block, um, block um, fairly slowly, just get the control right, and then you can start to to punch the ball a little bit faster after that. But yeah, to, to start with, just control it, just try to get the angle of your racket right. That would be the best to start with. Yes, indeed. And I guess once you've uh, learned the block, like with anything, you want some variation, don't you? Variation is spin, speed, and placement. So um, learn the basics and then go from there. Indeed. All right. Thank you, Brock. And as I said, thank you, Pingskill. Let's check out our website, pingskills.com. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday with episode 60. And thank you, Alois. All right. Thanks, Jeff.